الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اقتربت الساعه وانشق القمر صدق الله العظيم most respected mothers and sisters and honorable students of deen last week we had commenced discussing some of the signs of qiyamat and this was also mentioned that allah's nabi sallallahu has given us great amount of detail about the various signs of qiyamat the one lesson that should be taken from this is that when the signs of qiyamah are becoming apparent at an ever-increasing pace, then it means that one should now become very concerned, very conscious. It is not a time to be lax, to be relaxed, to be very carefree, to take things for granted, but rather it is a time to be very concerned, to be alert, to be taking one's precautions. For example, a person is at the seaside. Obviously, a mu'min will only go to the seaside or to a place at the seaside where there's no fitna. But in any case, a person is at the seaside, relaxed and enjoying oneself. And then suddenly one sees the dark clouds approaching it has become very overcast, very cloudy. There's some flashing of lightning also here and there. It has become very windy. And some thunder is rolling also. So already these are signs of an impending storm. Now, long before the storm comes, the people that are relaxing on the seaside quickly pack up everything and they rush away. That now it doesn't make sense to remain relaxed and try to enjoy oneself when there's an impending storm. Otherwise, when the storm breaks, it'll be too late now to then start packing up and leaving. We might get caught up in the storm and incur great damage and harm. But if somebody says, well, it's still not raining, we can hear some thunder, we saw some lightning flashing, it is gone dark, and it is windy, but it's fine, we don't have to bother about all these things, these things keep happening, and then suddenly there's a cloud burst. So now this person is going to be in serious problems, but it is too late, he should have taken note beforehand, he should have understood the signs, and he should have made uh, preparations accordingly should have taken his precautions so these signs of qiyamah have been given to us also that these are the signs that things cannot now be taken for granted things are moving at a very fast pace the tsunamis of fitnas will be coming and the storms will be lashing from every direction and therefore a person has to be very alert and be taking precautions 
Then the other thing that was mentioned last week was that these signs have been told to us. One of the things is that we have to be careful that we ourselves don't become the sign. The signs will become apparent. It will be visible for everyone to see. But we should be taking care that we don't become a sign. So if something has been described that this will become a sign of Qiyamah, people will behave in a certain way. What lesson for us is in it that we should be careful about that behavior. So nevertheless, to cons- cons- uh, continue with the discussion of the signs of Qiyamah, what did Allah's Nabi Islam mention and what we should be careful about, what we should save ourselves from, what we should be taking the precautions about, there are certain things which we will discuss. May Allah Ta'ala give me also the tawfiq and all of us the tawfiq to understand these things and to act according to them. Among the things that Nabi Islam mentioned is that amanat will be regarded as booty. Generally, people will regard amanat, things of trust will be regarded as booty. Booty means everybody feels they got a share in it. When booty, the spoils of war, have been captured, then everybody who was involved in that battle, in that jihad, they have a share in it. So likewise, things of amanat, and generally amanat in many cases is that which is of the general wealth of the public. In many cases, that is it. For example, the masjid, it is a general wealth of the public and it doesn't belong to any one person, any one individual. So this is everybody's thing. And because it's general wealth, now a person feels that now I also got a share in this. I can do as I want, use what I want, how I want it. Now, whereas that is amanat, it should be treated accordingly. Likewise, the madaris, the makatib, the organizations, whatever else that is part of public wealth, this is all part of amanat. Then whether it is some person's personal amanat, that to his amanat, now person feels, I'm looking after it for so long, so I got a, a right to use it, to do what I want with it. So this will become the attitude, this will become the way people will treat amanat, that they will regard it as something that is public property, that it is personal property, that a person has a share in it, he can also use as he wishes, what he wishes. And this is something which has become very, very evident, especially in uh, government circles, government offices. This is also all part of Amanat. But it is taken for granted that we can do what we wish with it. So this is a sign of Qiyamat. And this is something which is very serious, that when a person will treat this as his own personal right, it is a double sin now. One is that it is misappropriating the trust, that is one sin. And then the person is on top of that regarding it as his right. That is now a double sin, that is what makes it so severe. One is to do a wrong and and be remorseful over it, that what I did wasn't right and uh, I need to make amends, I need to sort it out. The person did the wrong thing and now the person is regretting it. But when the person does the wrong thing and believes I had a right to do it, what's wrong with this? I also got a right. So where is the chance ever going to come of the person making toba? 
And then when the person is regarding haram as halal, how severe this becomes. So this is one of the things that we have to be very careful about. Then another sign of Qiyamah that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned, That the latter part of the Ummah will talk ill about the former part of the Ummah. That there will be those who will come later in the Ummah, like those who are, we are living in this time and age. Almost 15 centuries now, after the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And people sitting in this time and age will start talking ill, will start uh, abusing, reviling the people that had come in the first part of the Ummad. Some will even revile the Sahaba, they'll talk ill of the Sahaba. Unfortunately, this is something which we commonly come across the Shia and how they speak ill of the Sahaba, that band of people who Allah's Nabi gave such great virtues about them. Allah Ta'ala Himself in the Quran Sharif praises them so greatly. And you'll find people in this time and age also who will be talking ill of the Sahaba Ikram and in particular the Shia. They revile, they talk ill of them. What a terrible thing this is. And how can that person or that group of people ever succeed who revile the Sahaba Ikram? If the Sahaba Ikram are cut off, then we might as well cut Deen out. Where did we get the Quran Sharif from? Via whom? Who were they? people who conveyed the Qur'an Sharif to us. The Qur'an Sharif came from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala passed it on to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam via wahi. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it came from him to the Sahaba Ikram. And the Sahaba Ikram then passed it on to the rest of the Ummad. So if we don't have any trust left in the Sahaba Ikram, we might as well then just wash our hands of deen completely. So the Sahaba Ikram, their respect, their honor, their position and status must be at the highest peak in our hearts. After the Anbiya Ali Wasallam, these were the greatest people that ever set foot on the earth. And we have to have that respect and honor for them. So nevertheless, that is a subject on its own. But this is one thing that will happen. People will revile even the Sahaba Ikram. Then those who came after the Sahaba Ikram, the Tabi'een, the Aimma Mujtahideen, the great imams of the time, you'll find people sitting in this time and age and saying, what did Imam Abu Hanifa know? He didn't even know hadith now, Zubillah. He only knew about 19-20 hadith, 17 hadith or 20 hadith he knew. What, what? We don't have to follow him. Imam Abu Hanifa, that personality who had such a mastery over the sciences of deen, who was a tabi'i, who was a person who had gone into the depths of the Qur'an Sharif, into the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu who was a student of great, great mashayikh and imma of the time, who was the ustad of such great luminaries of the time, and who all the great people or personalities of that time, they testified to his mastery. And then the taqwa that he possessed, what kind of fear of Allah Ta'ala he had in his heart and in his life, what adab he possessed, that is also another topic on its own. What was the caliber of these Aimma Ikram? Inshallah, on some occasion we will deal with this also. But you'll find now in this time and age, people talking ill about them, people casting doubts about their expertise. Whereas, what does a person of this age know that he can ever challenge the knowledge of Imam Abu Hanifa? 
O Imam Shafi rahmatullah alayhi, O Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, O Imam Malik rahmatullah alayhi. These were giants of the time. And you'll find people talking ill of them. This is the prediction Allah's Nabi sallallahu gave, and this is a sign of Qiyamat. That, وَلَعَنَا آخِرُ هَذِي الْأُمَّةِ أَوَّلَهَا So this is something also that we have to be very conscious about, very careful about. That we don't open our mouth and tongue against any of the aslaf, the salaf, the pious predecessors. Otherwise, we will be harming none but ourselves. And there are many, many instances where people who reviled Imam Abu Hanifa and spoke ill of him, and they had a very bad end. Allah Ta'ala save us. So, this is a second sign. Then another aspect, which Nabi Salaam explained, that when friends will be given preference over the father. A person will give preference to the friend over the father. Father, parents, the parents will get the back seat. What my friends want me to do, I will obey that. My friends want me to go somewhere, the parents saying, no, that is not right, don't go there. Well, the parents, there's no concern for what they are saying. What my friends are saying, that is what I will do. The friends will be dealt with in a very nice way. They will be given great amount of compassion and respect. And they will be entertained very well. person will be very accommodating of the friend. The friend did something which was not very appropriate, something out of place. He will overlook it. All this will be the treatment of the friend. But the parent, the parents will be dealt with harshly. The parent requests something that will be just ignored. And especially if it's an issue where one side it's the parent and the other side the friend and the parents, they can forget it. This is a sign of Qiyamat. And as explained, what we are being taught is not to become the sign of Qiyamat. We are being taught that we should not become the sign of Qiyamat. The parents have a prior, uh, they have the highest priority in our life. And everybody else is secondary. Yes, nobody else's rights must be trampled. But the parents, Allah Ta'ala has given them a rank above everybody else in our life. And we should remember very, very well. Unfortunately, people only remember this when they are already in that spot. But we should remember very well that one day may come when we will have children and we will be parents and then the type of treatment we meted out to our parents, it must not happen that that comes back at us. So let us put a stop to any kind of ill treatment, any kind of wrong treatment to parents so that when we are one day in the same situation, we may not be subjected to the kind of Treatment that unfortunately many a parent suffers in this time and age. And this is something that we have discussed previously. This is also a very important topic. Inshallah we will discuss specifically in future again. The right of parents, the respect and honor that should be shown to parents. This, can be not, this cannot be overemphasized. Then another aspect that Nabi Salaam mentioned... And this is something that we should listen very carefully to, take careful note about, 
and understand it in its correct context. Nabi Islam said that when the wife will be given preference over the mother, person will obey his wife and disobey his mother. So this too will become a sign of Qiyamah. This too is a sign of Qiyamah. And it is something that we are being warned about that this should never become the case. We are living in this dunya and in this dunya there are all types of situations that come about. Tomorrow, sometime in the future, maybe for some in the near future, some in the little bit distant future, but five years, seven years is not that distant either. Seven years, ten years also is not long away. We would be somewhere down the line in somebody else's home addressing specifically the girls who are acquiring the knowledge of deen, that we would be someday in a year's time, two years time, five years time, seven, ten years time, how long? In some time in the future, we would be in somebody else's home. There would be somebody who is our mother-in-law maybe. We might be living under the roof of the mother-in-law. There would be somebody who is the husband on the other side there would be other relatives now the husband would be in the middle on the one side would be his wife on the other side would be his mother and this will be his pulsirat that he will have to walk on Now many a times it happens that the husband starts neglecting either party. That is his wrong. He should not be doing that. He should be seeing to it that he walks on that pulsirat. It's a very fine line sometimes. And he should not cross that line either way. Neither does he trample the rights of his wife and nor does he neglect his parents or especially his mother because his mother's rights on him are tremendous. So he has to walk that fine line. Neither must he become subservient to the wife in such a way that he now disobeys his mother that is exactly what is being spoken about in this Hadith Sharif. And nor does he start obeying his mother in such a way that he tramples the rights of his wife. And Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah, there is no clash of rights in deen. There is a balance of rights. It is not a situation where that a person will have to do either this or that and either he will have to trample the mother's rights, or he will have to trample the wife's rights. This is as a result of the wrong situations that we create, that we feel that way. Otherwise, Dean has clearly charted out how things should be, and there is never a clash of rights. There is a balance of rights. There are priorities, but everybody's rights are fulfilled. So now where does the wife fall into this situation this is something that is being addressed to the husband to the man 
that you should not become the sign of Qiyamah in such a way where you become obedient to your wife in a manner that you trample the rights of your mother. So this is addressed to the man, to the husband, to the son. So we should be talking about this in the masjid and talking to the men about this. And indeed, when the men are addressed, they are addressed about what pertains to them, what is their duty and responsibility. But the question would be that now, fine, this is something that should be addressed to them. Where do we fall in the picture now? This is not related to us, but it is related to us as well. How is it related to us? And this is the lesson that we should be taking. And this is the point that I wish to make here. That one is the duty and responsibility of the husband that he has to walk on that pulsirat. He has to ensure that he doesn't trample anybody's rights. Neither the right of his wife, nor the right of his mother. But then there's the other part of it, that does that wife make it easy for him to fulfill everybody's rights? Or does she demand that he must trample somebody's rights? The same will pertain on the other end as well. The same will pertain to the mother. That Does she make it easy for her son to fulfill everybody's rights? Or does she make it difficult for him? Does she make it a situation where she creates a clash of rights? So this will apply both sides. But again we are addressing today those who are acquiring the knowledge of deen, who are not yet mothers, and will one day first become wives, then that day will be when they will become mothers. So we are addressing you in your first stage of life. We are addressing you on the next phase that will come. Then there will be the third phase. Someday we will address you about that as well. So right now, the part that we are focusing on is, that tomorrow, tomorrow meaning whether it is in a few months time, or a few years time, you will be in somebody's house, you will be somebody's wife, Allah Ta'ala grant each one a spouse that will be pious, will be a person of good akhlaq, will be a person who will fulfill the rights of his wife, will be a means of comfort and happiness for his wife. And may Allah Ta'ala make each one that kind of wife also for their husbands, who will be the wife that will bring comfort to the heart of the husband, who will be a means of progress in the deen of the person, will be a means of great sukoon and happiness in that house. So, we make dua for both sides of it. But nevertheless now, the issue is that tomorrow we will have to be in somebody's home. What is going to be our attitude? How are we going to handle things? Now, one way of handling things is, and this is generally, unfortunately, in many cases, if not generally, in many cases, this is something that is advised. It may not be advised in the same words, but in different ways, this is unfortunately the advice that we give to our daughters and our young girls, our family girls that are about to get married, or friends give each other these kind of advices in different ways, but the summary of it is that you must fight fire with fire. You must fight fire with fire. Your mother-in-law does something in this way, then you mustn't take it lying down. You must also give in the way you receive. And in various ways, the summary of it is, you must fight fire with fire. Now when you start firing with fire, fighting fire with fire, often the person that gets burnt in between the two fires is that husband and son. 
He's the husband on one side, the son on the other side. That husband, that son gets burnt in the middle. But what gets burnt sometimes with it is that marriage gets burnt. That marriage gets burnt in the middle. Then all the parties suffer. Not only others suffer, we also suffer then. So there is that one way of going about it that we can fight fire with fire. But in the process we will burn our own life also. But then there's another way that you fight fire with water. You fight fire with water. And the water that will extinguish this fire is the water of akhlaq. And this is not restricted to just the relationship between husband and wife and in-laws and so on. This is on a general note. In dealing with people in general. Many a times people want to approach a manner in a very fiery way. So we can fight fire with fire. But if you want to extinguish the situation and you want to create peace, then we need to come with water. And people appreciate water. Come on a hot day with cold water. And the person drinks that cold water and from his heart, Alhamdulillah comes. Any person for that matter. He feels that every fiber of his body getting cooled with that water and that Alhamdulillah comes from the depth of the heart. So likewise, that person who comes with the water of akhlaq, at that time maybe somebody won't say anything. But everybody then appreciates this water from every fiber of their bodies. That gratitude comes out. That this is a person. This is, this is a person of courage. Fine, her mother-in-law said what she, what she said. Her father-in-law said what she said. The sister-in-law and the whoever else said what they wanted to say. And the auntie-in-law and the granny-in-law and the great-granny-in-law. And Allah knows best sometimes if there's a great-great-granny-in-law also in that house, then this, everybody said whatever they wanted to say. But this person said, I will extinguish all these fires with the water of akhlaq. Yes, for that moment I made some sabr. I didn't demand from my husband that you see your mother said one thing to me, so you have to say two things to her now. So you're going to have to now, she starts making it such that the husband will now be, as they say, between the devil and the deep blue sea. Either he wants to save his marriage or he wants to respect his mother. The wife says, you listen to your mother, then you go your mother's way. Then don't even come to me, then forget it, I'm going home. Now, we will be faced with these situations in life. Life is a journey. And there's all kinds of terrain that come in life. There's some ups, there's some downs. There's some highways, there's some corrugated roads. There's sometimes you have to go through some narrow bridges, one-way bridges. Sometimes there's no uh, road you can see. You're just going through some desert sands. And sometimes it is extremely beautiful scenery on the side. So all kinds of situations will come in life. Life is a journey. And now the person traveling on that journey has got his destination in front. I need to reach my destination. So when he's going through that bridge, he doesn't drive wildly. It's a narrow bridge. Very narrow. Once, many years back, some 10 years or more ago, with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala for some work, we had to go to Malawi. So it was late in the night. And... We had to travel back all the way to the city from one very rural area. 
and there were more than 30 odd bridges, very narrow bridges that had to be crossed, some, some rivers flowing over that bridge also. And I can recall very clearly, there were two cars traveling together in convoy. When the first car is going, the other one would be stopped at the other part of the bridge and with their bright lights on to assist. And everybody would be holding their breath, this car must go safely across. Then the first car would go across and wait on the other end. And everybody again holding their breath for the second car to come safely across. Very narrow bridges, some water flowing over it. Dark, in the darkness of the night. And now, how that, with what care, driving very slowly, very carefully going across. And each time now that both cars have passed across safely, everybody is sighing with relief and there's uh, some kind of happiness and joy that can be felt in the vehicle. Everybody is silent, but you can feel that happiness coming up. Alhamdulillah, one more bridge we've crossed safely. But now the person says, I'm going to just drive anyhow. What do they think about me? Where will that person end up? So likewise, life, life is a journey. And when a person is traveling on a journey, there's all kinds of terrain comes. It is not, it doesn't happen in life that a person is always on the highway. Sometimes when a person is on the highway also, there's a traffic jam. The person has to travel very carefully. Sometimes, Allah forbid, there's some other accident on the highway. Now the person is sometimes traveling through now very difficult circumstances. Sometimes a person is on a super highway, but it's stormy, very heavy storm. Now the person can't drive at 120. Sometimes he'll drive at 20 kilometers because it's raining so heavily. So the conditions will all vary. There'll be all kinds of conditions that will come. And the person who feels, I'll drive anyhow, anywhere. Normally I drive at 120, I will drive at 120. If it's raining, it's pouring, it's cloudy, it's stormy. Whatever is happening, the roads are slippery, it's snowing, I can't be bothered. I will drive my way. It's either my way or the highway. So such persons, it's either my way or the highway, then they end up on the highway to the Qabristan. They very often end up on the highway to the Qabristan. So similarly, marriage and our lives, this is a journey. Marriage is also a journey. And our lives in general is also a journey. And we have to go through this journey very carefully. We want to drive wildly on this journey, my way or the highway, then that marriage goes on the highway of the Qabristan, Allah forbid. And sometimes you want to prove a point. You'll do it my way or you go, we threaten it. You go your way then. But in the end, the other party will suffer. We don't have a good time either. Our life is also a misery thereafter. But the person who says, doesn't matter, I will make sabr a little bit. Fine, I will give preference to others. Fine, his mother came first in his life. I came later, I will also get my rights inshallah. But his mother came first in her life, in his life. After all, she gave birth to him. She is his mother. I will give some preference to her. Then, okay, she is now aged. She has gone a bit old. She is saying something sometimes. People as they get old, they get a little bit irritable. They Sometimes their capacity to be patient diminishes. Sometimes it might just simply be ignorance. And sometimes it might be something else, but doesn't matter. I need to drive through these bridges very carefully. It's a, getting stormy a bit. Somebody is saying something. Somebody is uh, maybe thundering somewhere. Somebody is flashing lightning. 
But I need to drive through the storm carefully. So the person who will drive carefully will reach the bank on the other end carefully also. Then the storm will pass. But the person hasn't been washed away in the stormy river now. The person is on the other end safely. So while the storm was in its peak, the person went very slowly forward. It was very scary. It was, the one had to hold one's breath and drive. And everything was tense. But the person didn't say anything. The car was quiet. The person is driving quietly. Went on through the other end. Now the person is smiling. Alhamdulillah. I went through the storm. Yes, it took some, it was a challenge. But now I am happily on the other end. But the person says, I will fight fire with fire. Then everything is burnt. Now, while this is an aspect addressed to the man, that look, you will one day have a wife, you will have your mother also at the same time, you must be careful about walking on this pulsirat carefully. The issue now is that how we will assist in this process, that a person does not end up becoming a sign of qiyamat. Tomorrow we will be wives of somebody, how will we conduct ourselves? That is the crucial point. And that is the lesson for us. We are acquiring the knowledge of deen. Allah Ta'ala has saved us from being in many other environments where many other kinds of things are taught. The Western liberation, that Western liberation which has led to almost one in two homes being so-called single parent homes in the West. Go find out in America what's going on. They liberated women. Yes, they liberated women. They liberated them from their marriages also. They liberated them from their families as well. And they threw them out in the open to themselves. You fend for yourself now. That your parents also, you liberated from them. You liberated from your husband. You liberated from your children. Now you are everybody's. Like a piece of dirt flying around anywhere and everywhere. And for anybody to use as they want. And but no position. You have nobody to, nobody is bothered about you. And uh, like a piece of dirt. That is what the West is. That is what West liberated women to become. They liberated, liberated them from all morals. Liberated them from haya. They liberated them from all respect. They liberated them from all dignity. They liberated them from everything that was good. And they gave them complete freedom to become dirt. And Islam, the deen of Allah wa ta'ala, said no, the women are not to be just thrown away like dirt. They have to be cared for, protected, safeguarded, and all the various details that go with it. So, we shouldn't be looking towards the West. They got nothing to offer us. They got nothing to offer us. It's just a deception. It's a terrible deception out there. Everything looks very glamorous from the outside, but go on the inside and see the rot. It's stinking. There's a stench in it. It is terrible. It is like Filth that has been wrapped in shiny paper. From the outside everything is very shiny and glittering. Inside is only filth and rot and decay. So what we have been taught is akhlaq. And this is the akhlaq that we have to adopt. We don't become the sign of qiyamat. Tomorrow when we will be wives of somebody, we don't make our husbands the sign of qiyamat. That we insist on that husband to obey us in a way that must become he must become disobedient to his mother. Or he must cut off his mother. Or he must now become aloof from his mother. Or he must become uh, indifferent to his mother. Then we are assisting 
the husband to dig his own grave. And when he digs his own grave, Allah forbid, we will also fall in that grave. Yes, but we will make some sabr. And in an appropriate way, we make mashwara sometimes. There are some challenging situations. We make mashwara with those who we can take mashwara from. How do I handle the situation? I am doing what is supposed to be done. I am fulfilling my part of the duty. But the other party, whoever it may be, somebody in the in-laws, somebody somewhere, they are playing a very different role. They are going about things in a way which is totally wrong. How do I handle the situation? How do I rectify the situation? In an amicable way, in a proper way. If we take mashwara, we adopt some sabr, we take mashwara with the barkat of mashwara and that sabr that we'll make and adopting good akhlaq, many, many people resorted to mashayikh. People used to write to Hazrat Muhammad Yunusab rahmatullahi and many people found the solution. People used to refer to other mashayikh and up to this time, Alhamdulillah, there are many ulama kiram, many mashayikh in our communities and elsewhere, overseas as well. So, with these people being there to guide us, we take the mashwara and we will find inshallah the solutions coming. But we decide to do it ourselves, then we might then go about it the wrong way and we might just merely further aggravate the situation. So, what is required is, firstly some sabr, then mashwara, and then approaching the matter in a correct manner. And inshallah we'll find solutions coming. So the point that we were making is that while we are discussing the signs of Qiyamat, this is something that is for us to reflect from a different perspective, that this is a sign of Qiyamat there, am I part of it? Have I also become a manifestation of this? Am I also becoming a sign of Qiyamat for others to look at me and take an a lesson? No, that shouldn't be the case. I should not become a sign of Qiyamat. I should be one who is refraining from those things that Allah's Nabi Islam has warned against. And I should also be safeguarding others as well. This is the lesson that we should be taking. So the aspects that we discussed today, one was that amanat, aspects of trust, people will start regarding it as booty, as spoils of war, where everybody thinks they got a share in it, they can do with it as they wish. Then, the other aspect was, that the latter part of the ummah will start speaking ill of the former times. The sahaba ikram people start reviling and speaking ill of. Then the tabi'een, the aimai mujtahideen, the great imams, we should be very careful about this. And, then the aspect about, giving preference to our friends and ignoring our parents. So this too is something we should never get involved in. And the last aspect that was discussed was that when a person will give preference to his wife over his mother, he will ignore his mother and give preference to the wife, he will obey his wife and be disobedient to his mother. That is something addressed to the man. But we have a role to play in this. That we do not make the situation such that where this person starts behaving in this way. And we get these kind of reports as well, from people who come themselves and say, that I was conducting myself in this wrong manner, and I was dealing with my mother in this wrong manner, Alhamdulillah, my wife was the one who led me to rectify the situation. 
My wife told me that you can't deal with your mother in this way. You have to deal with your mother in the correct way. She has her rights also, but she was the one that guided me towards dealing correctly with my mother, fulfilling my mother's rights. Alhamdulillah, we get those kind of reports as well. And those are the people who later, initially maybe people might not appreciate that gesture of theirs. Even that mother-in-law might not appreciate it. But in time, everybody appreciates them. Like that cold water on a hot day, that sugar comes out from the depths of the heart, from every fiber of the body. Likewise, every single person in that family then starts appreciating this person, the akhlaq of the person, that whatever the situation is, but this is a true gem. This person is a person that one should be, one can really admire. So, may Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq and keep us steadfast on sirat mustaqim May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala save us from becoming the signs of qiyamat or making others the signs of qiyamat. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. For just a minute or two, we will just briefly make some zikr and then inshallah make dua. لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله لا اله الا الله 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 لا اله Illallah, la ilaha, 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 illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa sallam. हो जाए मेरा दिल लिख मैदाने हूँ तू ही तो हो तू ही तो हो तू ही तो गैर से बिल्कुल ही उठ जाए नजर तू ही तो आए नजर देखो जिधर और मेरे तन में बजाए आबोगिल दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا 
ইমামা 